This will be episode 26 of the End Product Podcast. We missed an episode last week, Tony's red card, and I was feeling a bit ill, and uh, all sorts of pandemonium happened. Uh, Sissy boy, but we're, we're back eventually. This is uh, Friday the 4th of November, so we're in. We're actually in the, the weekend game week. End Product is happening as we speak, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, but Sissy boy, you've been on your travels as well, just back from Lisbon. How have you been, mate? Yeah, it's. Uh, I've had I've had a mad couple of weeks actually. It was uh, my had my fortieth birthday the previous weekend as well, so we all missed that. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty busy. The Lisbon was really nice. I'd never been there before, so got uh, I got up to the Benfica Stadium and then popped my head into the sporting sort of the outs the outside of the sporting stadium on the way to the airport because it's right near the airport. So picked up a couple of souvenirs for the kids at the sporting stadium and. And yeah, I did the stadium tour and the museum tour in Benfica, and that was great. It's amazing how cheap everything is over there compared to like our neck of the woods. Cost me like Portugal, yeah, yeah, fifteen euros to do the stadium and museum tour. Thought that was pretty decent, to be fair. That's that is decent, eh? Yeah, for sure. That was good. How about yourself? Some tour out as well. Yeah, it was good. I've never seen so many trophies. Like, if you're ever in Lisbon and you've got some time to kill. Go check out the uh, the Benfica Museum tour. The it, I'm going to post a video on it, um, probably on Instagram a bit later, so you can see. But I had to cut down like the footage that I got of all of the trophies in there. It was it's insane. I've never seen so many trophies in my life. Yeah, because obviously they got multiple sports uh, going on there as well. It's not just football, but so they've got all of the teams, uh, all the different sports. Um, loads of really good memorabilia but not just that they also had like a kind of timeline of world history and what was going on you go kind of up to the second floor and the stairs are like a spiral staircase and as you go up it it's kind of like the history of the world next to things that happened in the football club that time which I thought was was really nice actually it was like amazing that's quite cool yeah it was it it was really really well like it's a really nice museum Uh, I, I go as far as to say it's the best museum i've seen in a football ground i've done a tour of. i haven't done loads of tours but i've done them um, obviously done man united i've done um recently did west ham um i did uh, i've done real madrid so now benfica and like yeah i'd say that benfica's trophy cabinet had more trophies in it than the real madrid tour did so yeah pretty wow. pretty insane i said something insane. yeah it's nuts well worth a trip Definitely. Good to be back, though. Good to be back talking about end product. <laughs> Get back on it. I didn't have much end product to uh, to talk about from the midweek. I don't know about you, but um, it was a really weird midweek for me. A lot of, a lot of orange and yellow scores, uh, a few DMPs that, you know, were kind of risky in the first place. But any, any end product from you in the midweek? Real Madrid five, Celtic one. No, <laughs> it absolutely crippled me, man. I'd maybe one combination of a team, like five guys that scored well, I could have maybe put together, but I didn't. I was nowhere near, man. Um, but I'm I'm quite hyped up for the weekend because now that the group stages are all done, there's only a couple of games left before the international break, and I think surely there'll be a little bit less uh, chaotic rotation. Yeah, over the last couple of games, because the domestic managers don't really give a crap about the World Cup, and it's not as if that many players actually go to the bloody thing anyway. So I think the next like two, three weeks, uh, match days, game weeks, whatever. Um, hopefully we can get uh, like full throttle domestic football on the go. So I'm quite excited for the weekend, starting all that off. Basically, I was quite t- on the, on the subject of the World Cup and Celtic particularly. I was quite surprised to see Japan. Uh, Leaving your boys out, was that a surprise to you and many of the Celtic fans? Do you think? I feel every Celtic fan in the world felt like proper butthurt about it. Um, I, I'm not surprised. Like Rio Hitate doesn't get sniff in that team. Like I don't think he's got more than two caps or something like that. And every time he is in a squad, like he was even called off the bench and stuff last time. Mm. So I'm not. And obviously, we're a lot more familiar with some of the midfield in Japan. You know, like Tanaka. Um, as well as Kamada and a lot of the kind of bigger European base names that maybe Celtic fans would not know of and turn their nose up at. But uh, I'm a bit surprised about Kyogo because he does, he, mm. he seems to feature more than Maeda has in the past. But um, so the Kyogo one definitely surprised me. Uh, Maeda wasn't a big surprise to be included. 
But uh, yeah, so overall, like, yeah, Keel goes as a surprise for me more than anything. Yeah, that was the one that I couldn't get my head around, to be honest. Um, but I did see, I was just having a little look, sorting my teams out this morning for the game week ahead and went into the section on Soro Data about injuries. Um, just sort of, I, I don't often go in there, but it is actually a really good section on the website if you have a look at your gallery and see what injuries you've got. So obviously you've got the kind of like injuries you can see if you hover over and it, a couple of like orange, couple of reds. And I've had one over um, Tanaka this week and I thought, oh, wasn't completely aware of a injury to Tanaka. Now to look at it, and um, it sounds quite serious. Sounds like he probably will miss the World Cup, based on what I can read what really? I've online about him. Yeah, if if the information's correct, he's um, done some damage to his knee, which you know knees are never a quick recovery time. So um, I'll be surprised if he no, goes. And obviously, I've got that um, Nakayama at Huddersfield, who done his. I think it was his ACL. So he's he's out of the World Cup now as well. So you may well find that some of some of the Celtic lads do get a late call up if they have any more injuries. I think obviously they've got the the big, large kind of um, what's the word uh, like pre the the pre kind of uh, squad squad too. Yeah, yeah. At the rate that these players are dropping, you may well find that people who aren't even in those in those larger squads getting called up now. It's mad. I think we were kind of expe- expecting this, weren't they? A lot of the experts were saying when the World Cup was going to be in December, watch how many players get injured, watch how many players are missing. And we're st- we're starting to see that the closer we get to the World Cup now. A lot of players who've had like, particularly in, in, in the UK and most parts of Europe, the uh, the busiest October most of these clubs have ever seen because they've been cramming yeah. fixtures in and you know players... Players are paying the price for that, unfortunately. I think, uh, yeah, noticed a few on mine already missed, that are likely to miss the World Cup now. Obviously, uh, in Korea as well, Son looks like he might possibly miss out as well from an injury that he got yeah. midweek for Tottenham. So a lot of big players, a lot of big players uh, looking like they might miss the World Cup and hopefully not too many more. But wouldn't be surprised if some of those uh, Japanese lads at Celtic get a last minute call up at the rate things are looking it, yeah anything could happen um, I suppose when injuries and all that came into play I, yeah I, I, see, I just wasn't too surprised about it and I didn't really bank on any of my, my Japanese lads being like World Cup utility pieces and it feels like what we're going to get revealed on the 10th of November next Thursday uh, we're going to get the unveiling stitch of the Global Cup and this custom scarcity, the new common, as it were, that mm. we're going to get access to. Um, me and Harry did the game week stream last night, just building lineups and stuff like that. And we were having some early theory chat with some of the live chat uh, in the night of how it all might work out or whatever. Have you have you given it much thought? Have you got any wee hypothesis or theories about what we're going to get? I think now that... When I went in to do my training teams this morning and saw like that purple scarcity popped up, when you go like to put your training teams in, it come it shows up on there as like, you know, you can filter by scarcity and it's like custom. So I'm expecting like a new set of common cards that'll be specifically for maybe one tournament, which will just be like the World Cup games only. So maybe maybe we won't be able to mix our sort of rares and are limited into that you know like how they've got the kind of the the way that like the academy works where you can put a couple of limiteds in and get like a 20 percent bonus on it or something like that i'm not expecting that i'm expecting a single scarcity um side game where maybe we all get like or maybe it's a draft you know like how the old commons used to work where you get to choose a few i reckon you might get something like that or maybe you get you know, like how the NBA was like, pick your MVP and then you get dropped the rest of the team. Maybe we'll get something like that where it's like, pick like your World Cup squad. So it might be like, pick three goalkeepers, pick your defenders, pick your midfielders and forwards. And maybe like, maybe there's a score cap. So that it might mean, the reason I'm thinking this is they're going to launch it on the 10th, which gives us about, what is it, a week ahead of the World Cup? When's the World Cup kickoff? Is it like the 20th or something like that? So... 21st yeah. is it so just over just like under that. two weeks to like do some scouting pick your team maybe so what i'm hoping for is some kind of like draft type scenario where 
you get to pick like an MVP in each position and then have to fill the rest of the team out with some kind of score cap or price cap, a bit like a traditional kind of like FPL dream team type situation. And then you take that squad through the the World Cup um, stages and maybe you can win cards a bit like we do in the regular um, sort of casual league. I think if it was me designing a game that was specifically for the World Cup and that kind of sat alone, um, that's how, that's the route I would go. I think uh, it's been interesting to see it play out in the NBA as like, I've been sort of dabbling in that and it is making it really difficult. You know, like now that players are in their kind of regular season, they've had f- maybe four or five games. You can start to see like what those average scores are. Scoring cap comes into play. It's quite interesting. It makes for like a little bit more of a skill based sort of team selection than we see in football. So maybe seeing a little bit of that creep in and, you know, the fact that the team that have probably built this game have probably been working on the gameplay of the NBA. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few of those elements creep in, maybe a score cap or a price cap or some kind of like tiers where you have to select like one from tier zero and then a mix of three or four from the other positions in the lower tiers. But it might might not be that. It might just be luck of the draw, like the old days where like you pick one and then the rest of them are just there and you've got to figure out what to do with them. But yeah, I'm excited to see what it is uh, and whether or not... I'll be interested to see what the prizes are as well. I think that's the that's the big if. What, what do you reckon? Do you think there's going to be tradable prizes or are we just going to be expecting like purple common prizes? Well, I had a wild theory on the stream and I'm not really moving away from it I'm, I'm going to double down on it I guess if that makes sense and so the, the, the kind of train I thought I had this right and I'll just I, I want to hear your thoughts as I can explain what I was thinking right why do they need to make it a new scarcity why do they need to make it a different type of common what's wrong with the commons we already have right so the existing common must not have or must be a bit too I don't know maybe the the maybe the the water soiled on it already yeah, uh-huh. maybe you've already got a Ronaldo common, for example. So maybe they don't want that kind of thing crossing over your Neuers and Bayern and whatever. Maybe that's part of it, right? But what I started thinking is they're going to want this thing to be, like Nicholas said on that Bankless podcast, I don't know if anyone who's listening to this yourself caught that last week or so, but you know, they were talking on that, that the World Cup is going to be day one of marketing for them. So whatever they're holding out, they're going to want anyone who watches that advert to have the ability to enter an email address, a password, get access to the game and start to figure it out and play about with it. That's what I think mm. this is kind of dressed around becoming. So as I'm kind of, as I'm going down that kind of train of thought, where I end up basically is I think we're going to get, it's, it's going to roll out and we're going to have like match days, like match day one, match day two, whatever. And kind of like you're saying there, we're going to get some sort of draft system maybe where you're going to get like 10, 15 guys to start off with every game week you win more and I think at the end of the tournament you can redeem a bunch of them for stuff so say like I don't know you've got five Belgian you know World Cup commons you can trade you can burn five of them and you'll get a tier two Belgian rare or something I don't know but if you had 10 you would get a tier one or you know um, maybe the prizes will be different to that but I think ultimately the punchline and why this becomes a wacky theory is I think this item will be burnable I think it'll be trade. I think it'll be tradable. I think it'll be like perishable is the word I'm actually looking for, you know, where you can burn it and get something else, redeem it. I think that would have my attention if it was like that. I think I'll play it anyway, just as a Sora user, like we're going to have a go at it and we like, let's be honest, whether or not we're that excited about it as someone who uses it. But I think one thing that you can take from, I don't know about you, but I know quite a lot of people who didn't touch so rare until the NBA came on. Like a lot of my friends who are American, are in sure. the NBA side of it now and they're really buzzing about it. Like, so the thought of people who maybe aren't that blockchain necessary uh, coming into the football that maybe play FPL and are looking for like a dream team type experience in the World Cup, I think so. could offer a good one. Dependent on, I'm assuming this would mean that they have every player from every squad on board because. I've, it makes no sense to have like Good a global point. World Cup game and you can only select players from four or five of the teams. So I'm assuming that means they've got 
some kind of license to at least like print the images of the players from every team. But then the, the license to then trade those and profit from them or sell them, I don't think like that's a different option. That's different altogether, surely. They've got deals yeah. with a few nationalities, which we know of. So maybe, you know, like in the World Cup and the Euros they had, they had like a Euro sort of, it was like a weekly special, wasn't it? And you could enter team players, players if you owned players that were playing in those games and you won cards of the affiliations that they had. So the French national team, the Belgian and the German, uh, you could win cards of those. And we know they've got, probably those still in place and they've got one with Argentina. So the only potential I see for like card wins would be from the nationalities that we know they have existing deals with in terms of tradable cards. I don't know, maybe maybe not, but I hope that they have got license to at least make a free play game um, with every team. If they make a really good, playable fun world cup product i think they'll get the onboarding that they're hoping for um and they will be able to shout about it but i think if they shout about it and then people land on the page and they can only select from like argentina brazil germany france um then it won't feel like the game is really like something they can shout about do you know what i mean that's my thoughts yeah. on it anyway it needs to be it needs to be a, a proper world cup game um situation and i think that's why the cards are purple i don't think that they'll have license to let those cards be usable in the game outside of the constraints of the world cup because i'm going to assume that they got their licenses from fifa and not from individual countries which might which might be where the water gets a bit muddy but this yeah. is all speculation we'll, we'll find out more next week i'm sure i don't know there was a wee thing going around with one of the early world global cup teaser things and there was like i don't know if you remember but somebody freeze framed the image and it was like 12 different colors of cards yeah i don't know if you remember that yeah so yeah that makes me think that maybe there's only 12 and i didn't really think about that detail until you brought it up so i'm now quite conflicted because yeah my kind of idea right. doesn't really work as well if you've not got access to every player or yeah. any team you know it, it yeah it'd be a bit of a weird one especially for like new players because I think, I think that it was just something disjointed, like, wasn't it? Yeah, in the early days, I think that was something that put a lot of people off that I showed so rare to. Were like, oh, like, or my friends would text me and be like, oh, this kid at Southampton's really like, like keep keep your eye on him, so rare. And I'm like, Southampton ain't on it. Like, people didn't understand that. Like, you can't, you can't be, play with every player. You have to wait for the licenses, and I think that will put a lot of potential users off like new users anyway. I think we'll all probably give it a go, but the new users is who they're trying to attract, I think, with this game. Especially if they're saying like what Nicholas did on Bankless, like this is marketing like day zero. That needs to be a product that yep. they can really push. And I think they need everyone. Exactly. They, need, they need every player on it. Otherwise, it's not, it's not, it's a non-starter for me. And I'm, and I'm yeah, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the voice of doom when it comes to Sora. I'm very optimistic about the platform and everything but i do think that if this is not the world cup product that that people who don't follow so rare will want it to be it's it's not going to be the one to shout about but i don't know it just feels like a big leap <laughs> i'll be i'll be absolutely amazed and i'll be really happy for so rare and for all of us as well as holders of tokens and cards and you know we're all like kind of invested our time into it as well I think if the World Cup is like a good, fun fantasy game, because I think no one has any affiliation with a fantasy game for like tournaments. Do you know what I mean? When the Euros is on or the World Cup, I, I find any, I'll just, I'll go on any website, find a game I can play, like free to enter, win 50 quid or whatever, enter it and then never look at that website again. And if so, <laughs> can be the place yeah. that everyone lands on, but then realise that it continues beyond the World Cup, then great. I think they'll keep a lot of people on board, but most other platforms, they just do their quick world cup game, but there's no faces on it. It's just names, but I don't know. I'm just assuming you don't need any special kind of license to play, make a game like that. But um, if so rare has the license to show their faces, it's just going to look like a really nice product, I think. And I hope, hopefully yeah. that's what they're delivering. Fingers crossed. 
you know one thing I only kind of half re-realized recently is when see when FIFA came out again this year. See if you actually look at the FIFA cards now, the forms and all that, and all the special editions are way cool. But see if you look mm. at every other one, it is like the chin up. Yeah, yeah. It is just it is literally. Remember we used to slag like all the MLS cards. Yeah, but that is literally a FIFA card that's not an inform. Is like yeah. You know, you don't even see the the top of the shirt or nothing. It's literally chin. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I only kind of really re realized that like this year. And it's like yeah. anyway. It's by the no, way. no. I, but yeah, it, if it can look cool beyond the face, that'd be good as well. Definitely, definitely. But I remember, like as a kid as well, like with sticker collections and stuff. It was very rare that you get like a, there would always be like one the first sticker album that would ever come out would not have the licenses and it would just be like a player's head and they'd have like a red t-shirt on or something. It was like, I can't remember what they were, but I definitely had like sticker books where some teams really? just had a white t-shirt <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> really? That's cool. I've never even heard yeah. of that. Oh, I can't remember what. There was always like, I think as I got older, then the World Cup ones, normally like Panini would have like a proper license, but there was definitely some sort of World Cup sticker books where you'd have or cards, I can't remember what they were, but there's definitely been cards printed where the players don't even have the kit on or, you know, they've just got their That's head. Funny. I don't know, like, if that is just, if those kind of licenses are still a thing, then maybe so rare just have to go with the head and shoulders. I don't know. Floating heads, a little purple background. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. All that kind of brings us into what you were just kind of saying there in terms of your pal talking about We Wonder Kids at Southampton or whatever. Sky News, since we've last seen each other, Stishy Boy, Sky News kind of broke the leak that Consensus have tried to renegotiate their deal. So we were speaking before about the whole Liverpool thing, and I was saying all or nothing is yeah. because they've auctioned this stuff out. Surely somebody's won it, whatever. Sounds like Consensus did win it, but for an eye watering like, amount of money. And they're trying to now renegotiate and they're citing like the bear market and the, the bear run on NFTs in general, um, saying why they can't afford it now. And the Sky article basically says one Premier League executive just got the rest of them together and said, let's just go with Soria, they're sorted. Yeah. And it looks like it's all but done. That is, yeah, I mean, as and when that news is launched and announced, that will be huge. Um, I would assume now that that means it will be next season. Like, unless, I mean, we've seen it before though, didn't we? Where I can't remember what division it was. It might have been, it might be in a MLS, but I feel like we got mints of, no, no, it was the FPA. It was a Scottish Premier League. When that was announced, it was near the end of the season, wasn't it? And we had like a couple of weeks left. Four games left or something. (laughs) Yeah. So we had like loads of cards that we had about two weeks of uh, utility on. And then the new cards came out the following season, but obviously they didn't come out until recently. But, um, yeah, maybe they do that because then they'll get like two seasons worth out in the space of a few weeks. I don't know. But yeah, I think any any Premier League launch on SoRare is, is is positive news. So whether that does happen before the end of the season or not, I, I don't think it makes a difference. I think, you know, but I do think that if I it think is... We'll getting it rapid. I yeah, think they'll I start think... selling cards throughout the World Cup. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that'll give people time to like think about what they're doing as well. That'd be amazing if that was the case. I'd be buzzing about, you know, the the recently gummitters for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I'd done that last year. I get my brother and, and his birthday. To be fair, I send him a few limiteds on his birthday and uh and Christmas. But I, I was talking to him the other week and I was saying, Oh, you gotta get into the rares, man. Like limiteds <laughs> so hard to win anything in the limiteds unless you're playing, you know, on the it, I, I do I love a bit of limited uh, underdog and challenger. Uh, challenger I always call it challenger specialist but um but yeah he I think he's got like himself sort of like a maybe like one goalkeeper and about sort of he's probably got about 10 to 11 sort of outfield cards now but um he's still sort of he's still one of those players who more often than not it makes more sense for him to just enter the uh the casual league and use a couple of limiteds than it does to put like the best limited team he's got out because if they don't all have the best week of their lives he's not getting nowhere near the cards whereas He's got some decent commons. He can chuck in with a couple of limiteds and try and scrape that 400, 450 points or whatever it is to get a tier three. And I think that's the most success he's had up to this point. So, but yeah, I think um, a few uh, limiteds a uh, Christmas present. Who knows? Might he might get lucky? But um, yeah, a bit of bit of Premier League action would be great. Who be uh, who be a top three 
it would be the first free cards you'd pick up playing if the Premier League came on. When the Prem comes on, the first three players I definitely want to try and buy is... If money's no object, De Bruyne's the first guy I want, yeah. if money's no object. But um, if money very much has an object at this point. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Tierney and McGinn are high up on my want list. Mm-hmm. I suppose so is Edward and Armstrong. Uh I like, yeah, I, I guess they're the, they're the kind of sneaky ones that I wouldn't mind trying to get quite sharp, um, regardless of form and all that kind of stuff. You know, just get one in the now because I know I'm going to want it at some point. I like Romeo Lavia at Southampton. I wouldn't mind picking up one of him. He's a wee wonder kid that I was at Man City. I was hoping would get a loan, and they ended up going to Southampton um, instead. So yeah, that somebody like that could be fun. I guess what about you, Stish? Do you get anyone lined up already? It was, I was oh, thinking here's another one Alexis McAllister is one I want oh right yeah yeah. So you've gone you've gone full full Scots all the Scots all the ex-Celtic players like you're showing showing your true form there Quinny <laughs> yeah very much I yeah. I think for me yeah like if, if money wasn't an object obviously you'd be looking at like the Harlands of this world but I don't think he's coming down in price anytime soon he I, I mean if with an announced like the Premier coming on as well like the price that Harlan's at now it won't come down because his uh, his scarcity has gone down it will no. stay there because it'll get more people on board in and everyone's going to want that Harland and if they've got deep pockets they'll definitely be picking him up um, same with De Bruyne I mean he's on you can get his Belgium cards can't you but they're not cheap either but I think money, for man. me I'd be looking at I'd definitely pick up some United cards, Man United cards as like for like sentimental value. I love the idea of uh, getting behind the team like you do, watching Celtic every week, is having that double bang for your buck. That like you get the buzz of seeing your team play well, but also maybe win you some rewards in in the uh, process. So I've got a few United players already, but I think I'd pick up some with the kits and stuff like that, just for yeah um, sentimental value. But I really like. Uh, Mark Gay at Crystal Palace as a centre back, under twenty three, uh, potential nice. England future, future hero. I think I think he's an amazing defender, um, and I'd imagine Crystal Palace to have like a little bit of value in terms of like there won't be as much like furore around their players. But I'd imagine you know on any given day, Palace perform well. He's normally amongst the top scorers, as is um, Anderson there and. Zaha and they you know there's a potential little palace stack there palace are like very close to where I live as well so I follow them quite closely as well as obviously United so I have a little soft spot for palace I'd I'd definitely pick a few of theirs up I loved Conor Gallagher when he was at palace he was a great player I don't think he's getting the game time at Chelsea but if he moved on from Chelsea or if he like cemented himself in that starting lineup I'd love to pick up a player like that up. He's a complete annoyance in the midfield. A lot of defensive actions, you know, and he gets on the end of a goal or two. So I'll be looking at him. And then I'd probably be looking at people like James Ward-Prowse. Great on set pieces. Yeah. Um, and probably show. fly just under the radar enough that, you know, like people who don't follow the Premier League super closely would maybe not know how useful he'll be. And also... There's always a potential with someone like Ward Prowse at a club like Southampton. He's a great player, but I do feel like there is an off chance, unless he's got it in his contract, that if Southampton went down, he may still stay there and and try and get back up. I think the championship is a good enough. And, and a player like that in the championship would absolutely rip it up. That's the beauty of the Premier good. League coming on as well. Is like those sort of bottom bottom three or four clubs should be in the top five or six next season in their championship. And um, having that championship midweek utility, I'd definitely be looking at players in those clubs that are likely to not leave if they went down um, to become like the strong options for D2 next season. And I think that would be my, that would be my trading strategy. I think. You are going to get lots of Man United cards in. Get the United ones in. I'd say I've got Ant- <laughs> Yeah, if you like it, I think uh, be good to see and uh, a Garnacho definitely pick a Garnacho up little rookie card if it, if it yeah. had a rookie on it definitely have a Garnacho rookie. He's been looking really good in 
the last few weeks and obviously like but I think that hype is is coming for him if he carries on the way he is he's not going to be obtainable on so rare when they launch if he's got that little rookie on him as well yeah that, the Garnacho number one is going to be a a biggie a sizable a sizable what do you think Sancho goes for Sancho rare I I think in terms of his utility on so rare he's a difficult one isn't he because he is he is like open to quite a bit of rotation. Um, I do like him a lot. I think a Sancho rare would sit somewhere near, uh, maybe like. I don't think he'd be like in that top, in that top in that high echelon. You know, like some of the top players will be in that sort of the top top players will be like close to ten if the the players just below that will be like four or five. The young ones will be anyway, and I think Sancho would be in that kind of like one to two, maybe like one point two. 1.3 ETH. So you think Kane's about 10 ETH? Uh, what's that? You think Kane will be about 10 ETH? Kane? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he might be. He might be. He's got to be up there, hasn't he? Maybe not 10 because of his age. Maybe he'll be like a... He might be like a 5 or 6, maybe. Not a 10. I think 10 is a hard... 10 is Haaland, then Mbappe. What's Messi? Messi's about, what, 4? 3 or 4 yeah. ETH? I'd, I'd put him close to that in terms of his utility and his collectability is not quite there as a Messi. So he, I put him just below a Messi in terms of like, or a Neymar, maybe maybe what's Neymar. He's got to be about four or five. Maybe Ronaldo at Man United. How much for that? Ronaldo in the United shirt is more of the collectible thing, I think. And yeah, I put that at about two, two ETH for yeah. Ronaldo. The early mints I'd put number seven and number one, number seven, Man United mint, Number one Man United mint. You you got to be getting on for ten ETH for those. I think uh, from a collectible point of view, not from a utility yeah. perspective. But yeah, there's there's United fans out there with deep pockets that are in in and amongst a blockchain. I'm sure will want those those mints. I'd love a number seven Ronaldo more than I'd love the number one. I think. <laughs> but I'm not paying ten ETH for it. <laughs> but I'd love a Ronaldo in a United kit. I think like. Most of these United pickups, I will probably not pick them up straight away. I think like we said with NBA, all those early mints go super expensive. Then the people realise it's more about the utility and then they start to pick up over time. So I think that like I'll probably sit out of most of the auctions unless I see some, some real value. And like I said, maybe the value will be in those sort of Crystal Palace, Southampton youngsters picking those guys up cheap. Whereas, like trying to battle against like the big dogs for like the Ronaldo mints and that in the early days, I'm probably not going to get involved. I'll probably just hope to win, you know, like putting some strong teams on in the All Star and U23 and hope to land a couple of Premier League cards that way. Um, but yeah, be buzzing for it, um, and fingers crossed it does come and it lands. If you say like during the World Cup, that would be incredible. I'm not as optimistic for that as you but either which way I'd love an announcement just the announcement alone would be exciting I'm sure everyone would agree that yeah I'm very optimistic that we get it rapid I am to be honest with you I think the Premier will just want because they've also been waiting for this our company to get their finger out and do the the, this this season's NFT you know or whatever Mm. that they've not done because they've got no money anymore or whatever so I think they'll be itching to go Thanks, sorry, it'll be actually to go. They've probably been they've probably been anticipating this kind of thing happening and been like a coiled spring waiting for the phone to go, yeah. you know. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. Because this crypto world is quite a small place. You know, I think Nick and all these people, they all kind of know each other, I think, don't they? Through the Definitely. ancient Discord servers of twenty fourteen and whatever. And you know They probably like they've probably been to every crypto conference around the world over the course of the last couple of years as well. And I think that like the gen the general uh, sentiment towards SoRare within the NFT community, from my experience, that is actually what I was doing in Lisbon. Actually, I was there um, to perform at like an NFT conference, um, yep. and people within the NFT space, SoRare is a bit more of a talking point now than it has in recent times because a lot of sort of like prevalent NFT kind of like influencers on Twitter have mentioned SoRare yep. being above crypto punks and apes and stuff like that, and it's like it's made them look at it in a different light. And I think it, it's almost decoupled from NFTs, um, especially like the profile picture type stuff that 
you know, the, the utility is questionable of most NFTs. You can't justify paying 20 grand for a picture of a monkey that gets you into a party once a year, in my opinion. But yeah. <laughs> some people would disagree. But I think that like what a lot of my friends who are in the NFT space who got in during NBA are absolutely buzzing about playing so rare now. Like they had no interest in getting involved during football, saw no no real kind of reason to get in. Got in the NBA, absolutely buzzing for it. And all of them are like, when are the ETH rewards coming? And I'm like, I don't think ETH rewards will be added to the NBA or MLB games. I don't know about you, if you've seen or heard anything, but my my opinion is it's more likely that it gets phased out of football than it gets added to the other two. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's, it does. Um, well, on that note, Stish, we've actually had some breaking news as we've been recording. They have announced that they're doing a market fee on Sorer NBA and Sorer MLB on the secondary market of 5%. I think we knew that was coming because we've seen, um, you know, like there is that kind of like section, isn't there? When you do a trade, it says like, the fee is this. Currently, there are no fees or whatever. But now, a fee, a market fee. I mean, I wonder why NBA and MLB. The my 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 gut feeling on why it's them two, and this is probably wrong. But is it just me? Or is like the the potential knee jerk reaction of like the football community to these fees being added versus the NBA and MLB, who are relatively new to the product? and maybe not as likely to kick off online about it. What do you think? That's probably quite a fair point, yeah. I think as well, like the football market is so much more uh, vibrant that 5% clip is mental. Like, imagine they took a 5% clip off the football market. You know, that mm. would be that would be a huge... Um, that, that would have huge ramifications, whereas the market for maybe to a lesser extent MLB, but certainly NBA is so much more immature at this point. Maybe it is a bit more expensive on the actual net, net network mm. because um, so many people will be trading in and out of cards like all the time because of the real 10 on yeah. every card for always. Whereas with football, maybe you don't quite have that problem um, in terms of volume because the volume is different in terms of what dictates football, you know? I think... Um... So this is inclusive of all taxes, including VAT, if applicable. Um, so I wonder what implications that will have differing from different countries and stuff like that as well. But one thing I will say, I think 5% is a little bit punchy. I, yeah. I think it could have been lower. I think a 2.5% would have been a bit more, would feel a bit more. When you look at that image of the $100 going across and it's like a $5 fee, I think that's quite punchy and like you said maybe the football is bringing them in the lion's share of their earnings so the football um you know like the sales on 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 the auction market are consistently high and quite a bit higher i think than mlb and yeah probably more likely to be higher for than nba as long as there are eth rewards i think I think them phasing out ETH rewards on football would be potentially catastrophic for the card prices because that looks like yield to a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? Even though you're not likely to win ETH that often, that little, you know, like the threshold particularly, if the threshold went, I think it would it would have a massive knock-on effect on... on um, I think Lamar. the basketball crowd might put a bit more pressure on Soria to extend uh, cash places... You know, mm. because I've seen somebody, I forget exactly who it was. I'm terribly sorry for not crediting them with it, but they were saying something like, and they were a, a, a DFS basketball player coming into Soraya now. And they were saying, like, we're adults, give us bloody money, you know, like kind of thing. Um, so make, maybe make these it. fees are maybe to, maybe, yeah. maybe to facilitate that because that would, as much as it shouldn't be, you know, the football business model has been so good for Soraya, they could probably float. NBA and MLB off the back of it, but it wouldn't be good business sense to have other products potentially uh, anchor off of something that is so buoyant. So yeah. maybe this is their way of giving them a different revenue source that can populate their prize pools. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. And maybe that maybe that's right. That makes sense. Because if they do, let's say they take 5% of all of these secondary sales 
and put that into a giant pot and then they scrape another like 10% out of that overall pot and then that is split up between the the tournaments that they run. Like, you know, they could over time start to inflate those prizes. If those prizes are kind of like a, a reflection of like the week's earnings or something like that. So it's like you win a rake of all of the fees that we've earned this week or then it becomes sustainable, doesn't it? Because then they, you can only win what they've earned. You can't, they can't start to lose money on the prizes they're giving away that way. Um, and I suppose as well, another thing when you think about it is a lot of people see the rewards you win as a way to earn on those two platforms because you're not earning the ETH rewards or the thresholds. A lot of cards you do win, you're looking to sell to like get some ROI. So they're, I guess they're hoping that the secondary market on those games will be more potentially more active than the football one on a sort of player by player basis. And obviously the supply is quite high on like the limiteds and the rares compared to the amount of players that are playing right now. So um, you'd like to hope that liquidity uh, improves over time, but it'd be interesting to see like what kind of effects we'd have to like, we'll have to get Laird or, 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 or someone from Sora data to like keep an eye on what effect that has on the marketplace and how, how, if anything, it affects the prices of cards and the amount of transactions. So yeah, that's an interesting development and be something we have to keep a little eye on. I think figure out, figure out if it's working or not. Yeah, definitely want to watch out for. Um, cause I, say, I, I, I say, I do think if they roll that across to football at 5%, it's daylight robbery. Like, cause the amount of, so, you know, look at the daily volume of of uh, secondary market transactions, and a five percent clip on that is uh, is mega. You know, yeah. So it feels like if the percentage is high, it's probably because it's because again, you you know better than I do, Sush. I'm sure in a lot of these ways, but like, you know, if it's a higher percentage because it's probably going to actually catch less. You know, whereas if they mm-hmm. were putting it on the football multi-million pound machine you're not putting five percent on that you're probably putting 0.5 percent on that and it yeah. probably pulls in still 10 times the amount of money by comparison you know so i think with it being that five percent it's maybe some sort of tell towards mm. that it's maybe maybe to make them a bit more buoyant for their own like their podium or any cash payout or something and maybe the deals they've done with is, like the nba and the mlb might be different to like you know the rake they take from football for all we know they might Let's say like an Mbappe card sells for ten ETH or something um, on the on the auction. Let's say an Mbappe auction goes for ten. Uh, let's assume that like five of that goes straight to PSG, leaving the other five to so rare or maybe Mbappe takes a bit. I don't know how it works, but maybe the MLB they don't earn as much as fifty percent. Maybe they earn like twenty percent of that sale, so they need ah, to like up with sure. I don't know. That again, that's just that's just me thinking because they've sure. gone with makes sense, but yeah, interesting. But yeah, I think it's one of them things we'll just see how it develops. Be interesting to see what the uh, after the after we're done today, I'll have a little look on Twitter and see what the kind of like NBA uh, community is saying on the the fee. I think it's the one thing I will think is a bit strange about it is they should have probably had this in place at launch, not now. It's a bit close to Perhaps, launch, yeah. yeah, to bring this in. They. They could have, if they, if it wasn't ready, they could have waited a couple of weeks to launch and had this in place straight away. Um, but because yeah. you know, the announcement says from Monday the seventh, you know, or something like that, so they could have very, even yeah. told us from Monday the seventh three weeks ago. Like, yeah, so yeah, they could, they could have. They must have known they were building this, right? This can't have been something they'd just done sorted out because we've had that on the trading sort of window for months now. So it's, we knew it was coming at some stage. Um, but I, yeah, I'm surprised at how it's landed, but I'm not surprised it's happened. We, I was expecting it, you know, well, hopefully we won't have to experience that on the football side anytime soon and we can enjoy a bit of free trading. But, um, yeah, I think Tony, Tony will be upset. The amount of trading he does, if they start in, introducing yeah. that football, he was, <laughs> they'll have to invite him to the Christmas do the amount of trading he does. <laughs> Paid his For way, sure. he'll pay his way straight into that Christmas do on his on his uh percentages. <laughs> Talking of Tony, actually, didn't he have a bit of end product while we missed? 
he finished up in the underdog, didn't he? Didn't he, did. he have a didn't um, he have a finish just outside the podium on the underdog while we were while we missed the last week? Mikey Johnson got him up to like fourth or fifth or something. That was right, yeah. On the Monday night, Johnny joined the stream. Yeah, just missed out. So it was just because in that competition, the underdog it was again. So that's underdog two weekends in a row, flying high. But the underdog podium is Star Rares, and outside of that is Tier One. So I think he finished yeah. like fifth or sixth and ended up in a Tier One rather than a Star, which is a bummer. But so good to be fighting up there two weeks in a row for, for Big Tony. And he got his red card overturned as well. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Celtic good. this weekend. That's it. He's, he's good to go. And we wish him luck. I know he, he's been a busy man of late, so we've been struggling to get him get him on the podcast. But uh, I say I, I wish him luck. You probably don't want him. You probably want him to have a stinker on the weekend. But um, we'll be up there. <laughs> I don't want any goals for Dundee United this weekend. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, right, see, are too valuable to me now. Yeah, right, talking about yeah, the clean sheets are valuable, and I I, I can be involved in that now because one of one of my end product stories. Of recent times was winning it your man JJ who, oh, of who managed, to miss, yeah, yeah. managed to miss a penalty <laughs> oh. but so he did as well I mean I mean it's my first uh that's my first ownership of a Celtic uh defender so um yeah I've got Jackamakis in rare I've got um JJ I've got um I've got Kenny as well but he's out on loan but I picked him up because I read an article about him while he was playing in Ireland um, there was an article He's I read on Ireland, like Orin in Scotland, doesn't he? That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a yeah. long time before he might get any utility for me, but I was kind of hoping he might. I didn't know how good he was or or not. I read an article, like a scouting article, that profiled players who might likely um, replace like Adiemi, um, and his goal scoring attributes and stats put him as a similar kind of like playing style to Adiemi. And I thought nice. oh, I gave him a search and saw that he was on he was on Celtic's books now. Like he'd moved from I think was it Shamrock or something like that, one of the Irish sides. And uh, yeah, I just thought oh, I'd take a punt on him. So I've got his rare, but whether or not you know he may never end up playing a game for Celtic, but he's in he's he's in the uh, he's in the YTS scheme at Club Tropicana Drinks FC right now. <laughs> <laughs> As we, as are quite a few of my cards, I've got those red crosses next to them. But hope, hoping one day, every season that passes, you know, like, am I going to get any use out of Shoji Toyama, the seventeen-year-old from Gambo who I bought about three seasons ago? <laughs> he's been on loan in like J two this season, and I don't think he scored a goal until recently. So um, I'm not I've sure that with Paul Obi Obina, who I bought as a oh, yeah, under twenty-three goalkeeper about fucking five years ago. It feels like and. He's just, he played like two Asian Champions League games mm. and never been seen from since. I had him as well. Same, I think I paid 0.4 or 0.5 for him. There was only about three of him on the platform at the time. So I was getting really good offers for him. And then he just fell off the radar, didn't he? And I think he's found himself in about third choice there now, hasn't he, at Yokohama? Yeah. Hopefully he gets a move. That's something that we will have to look forward to is uh, the, the Japanese transfer market heating up probably through the World oh, Cup. Yeah. That'll That's be interesting. always great, isn't it? I've, uh, I've got a subscription to the, the uh, So Rare Japan uh, newsletter and uh, it's a good one as well. Like That's something we should probably like talk about on the podcast soon is, you know, there's a lot of sort of newsletters and paid uh, people doing yeah. like the digging for you and I think that I do get some good value out of So Rare Japan. So shout out So, so Rare Japan. I'm going to be keeping an eye on his newsletters during the World Cup see if there's any activity in the transfer market that I can pounce on. But um, yeah, Japan always is crazy in the, in the, in the transfer window. So be interesting to see if any players become a bit more useful for me next season. Yeah, I am. I'm not looking for, I don't really have any J league exposure, so I'm not too worried about any transfers or anything like that, thankfully, because it can be. I suppose there's not even that much jeopardy anymore now that we've got Bundesliga 2 and that kind of stuff. Mm. I've got Tani, I'd like to see Tani move to Bundesliga 2, that would be great. Um, yeah, because he was actually linked to go there before, and I was so happy it never went through. Maybe now we want it to go through. Um, but uh, I think but it'll yeah, be otherwise, um, I'm 
be a big there'll be a big uh point on like what happens to gamba because uh, gamba's still able to go down right they're able to go down yeah they're week. fighting relegation last game of the season this weekend that's right so if they do go down he'll almost certainly move i think because yeah, i think that's right he's not going to play no in way he's playing g2 no way and you know yeah i'm just looking at the table now so what is the last round of games isn't it and they are one point above relegation uh, or, or, or above the playoffs they're three points they could still go down automatic actually they've got they're playing enough. antlers in the last game i think Antlers are fighting at the top end for something that's right they are yeah they can still find their way into the uh, playoff position for the for the asian champions league right if they win and Sam Fries lose. But Gamba down the other end could find themselves automatically relegated if S Pulse win and they lose. So, um, Oof. and if Kyo- actually Kyoto Sanga also need to draw or win. So, if they draw or win, S Pulse win, Gamba lose, they can find themselves down there. Um, I feel like S Pulse have got um, a tough fixture this weekend as well because I. I they have do. a couple of players. Can't remember, but I fancy I fancy S Pulse to stay up. Um, I'm surprised how low down they were. Yeah, they're better than their position. Definitely, um, they just had a really poor period in the middle of the season that cost them. But the, they haven't. Just looking now at their results, they haven't had a great that many great results of late. But the couple of times I watched them recently, I didn't think they were as bad as where they are in the league. There's a lot of play- teams above them. I thought Sagan Tosu have been awful this season and uh, Avispa have been poor every time I watch them. There's a lot of clubs way up, like I can't believe how high up Raysol are. They're, <laughs> they're one of the worst uh, Raysol, teams. Raysol, but see that, yeah, but the first like 10 games before they sold their goalkeeper, that was my goalkeeper, the Korean mm. guy, they were like top after 10 games. They didn't concede a goal for ages. I think they maybe just rode on the fumes of that. Probably right, yeah. Yeah, their recent form's not good. And Sagantosu's recent form's horrendous as well, actually, so that might be why I maybe just watched them a bit too late in the season. Just missed how good they were at the beginning. But, yeah, I mean, there was a time that Kobe, Vissel were looking like they were going down. They were just, like, nailed to the bottom. They've managed to creep their way all the way up to 12. So just shows you how, like, competitive it is at the bottom of that division. Um, but, yeah, they, I think Gamba are going to be fighting for uh, survival. Um, they they haven't been good this season. Whenever I've watched them, so but if they do go down, yeah, you'd almost certainly imagine Tanny moves. I was looking at him as well. I think he's one of the best value ads on the platform right now, and I think it might be because I suppose it, it might not be because maybe not a lot of people realise that he's on loan at Shonan because he's been there for uh, what two or three he seasons on the, on the trot now. Um, but he is owned by Gamba. And maybe that is priced in at the moment that people think they might go down and take him with them. But he's too. He's no way he's playing in J two, not f- not for me or for anyone. I don't think. But yeah, I think he's a good value pickup at the moment for a U twenty three goalkeeper. Like we oh, we had this conversation before, didn't we? Recently, I think so. Can't remember if we were on air or off air, but his price is uh is is quite interesting. It looks a good a, a good ad at the moment for me, but um. But yeah, what you got going on for the game week anyway, Quinny? We've been chatting about the market and what's going on and so rare, but what is getting you excited for the, the game week ahead? Uh, well, I've, I think I've kind of nailed the matrix of getting all the combinations of Celtic cards out in a way where they don't completely screw me over. I'm hoping. So yeah, I'm just quite optimistic about Celtic's chances this weekend. I think it's a good game for us against Dundee United because we scored nine last time, you know. Sorry, Tony. Um, but on top of that as well, like I think I've built my teams well enough that like if, if this guy scores, a team will go off. If that guy scores, a team will go off. Mm. You know, and that kind of thing. I don't have hopefully too many things that cancel each other out. And I think that's been my problem. Because obviously last weekend, I never, for anyone that didn't catch it, I never played Greg Taylor rare or super rare and he dropped in a 90-pluser. So uh-huh. I feel like I maybe went a week or two of my combinations letting me down rather than my player quality. And I'm quite optimistic this week that I've got some, I think I've got the combinations laid out, you know, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping for like three or four cards this week, really, to be honest, between Celtic and then non-Celtic uh, lineups. Fingers crossed. I think I've got a few, 
obviously like I think like the the heavy hitters in my uh, gallery are my sort of Ajax and PSV cards and they play each other. <laughs> so uh, it's, it, it, I'm never that optimistic about the game week when like my big hitters are playing against each other. What I've what I've started doing on weeks like this is I will weight most of the sort of PSV players in one team, and then the AX ones in the, in another team, so that they don't cancel each other out in their lineup. Sometimes you know like I might take that risk if they're defensive players, like oh you know like you just hope that it's a nil nil or you know or it's a scrappy game and the midfielders both on both sides have like lots of touches and lots of tackles and interceptions and stuff. But I expect goals in this game from both sides nice. so um, I didn't use Abispo this week um, in any of my teams he's in training because I just don't fancy PSV to keep a clean sheet sure. and I don't fancy Ajax to either so I didn't risk Wrench either um, Wrench has been sort of rotated a little bit he's just come back from injury but I do expect him to start but I just don't expect Ajax to keep a clean sheet I think I'm, ho- I'm hoping it'll be an end-to-end game um, I put Veerman into uh, a Challenger Euro D D two rather than one of the pros this week, so I've I've opted for a slightly different lean. My U twenty three pro team, which I think is prob usually my strongest entry, and it, it is this weekend, um, and I've opted to avoid um, all of the kind of regular my regular hit, heavy hitters, if you like. So um, this. This week, my U23 pro team is uh, Bayezit in goal, um, Pavlovic of Rebel Salzburg at the back and captain, nice. Al-Hassan Yusuf super rare, Gabriel Florentin super rare and Sesko up front because I fancy Sesko to start and he's due a goal. So I'm hoping that team can go off. Um, I think that it is a good um, fixture for Salzburg. The only thing is it's away. But... They're playing um, Wolfsburg. Yeah, Pellets. I fancy some goals there. Hopefully, Sesco can get amongst them. Um, and then, do you know what I started? In the midweek, I invested in a super, another super rare in a second division Europe pro because it's like there's not as many people entering it. And because this this week, I think Bayezit and Safanov, U23 goalkeepers, actually have a better matchup than Murich. Um, okay. I've put Murich in my second division Europe pro team this week, and I've gone with a, a pretty decent lineup for that. I think so. I picked up Dimitris Pelkas, who plays um, his football at Hull in the Championship, because I thought I thought I saw a window of opportunity for the midweek, um, because the previous midweek that second division Europe pro was such a low scoring uh, division to win a card. I think you only needed like 200 points to win a card in it, like last midweek. And I had like, I had a good side that I could put out minus a midfielder. So I started looking at midfielders. Then I saw a super rare midfielder of this guy who's playing for Hull. You know, he's capable of a decisive, fancied him to start. Unfortunately, he didn't start. And I ended up having a pretty awful midweek. But I fancied putting him in again this weekend because I had enough U23 goalkeepers. I didn't need to use Murich in there. Um, and I decided to put out a second division Europe pro. I picked up a guy called Francesco Di Tacchio um, a few months back, a super rare of him. I paid 0.3. He plays in Serie B in, in Italy. And the reason I picked him up was because I thought I could use him through the World Cup because they're still playing. But obviously now looks like that's going to change. So I just want to try and get a little bit of value out of the purchases I've made. So I've decided to start looking at uh, second division Europe. So I've got a strong team there, I think, if they all start. Nice. So hopefully a bit of end product there. Other than that, uh, yeah, I decided to go into my Super Rares into Challenger Europe. That's got a pretty strong lineup. I was saying on Twitter in the week, I feel like I'm lacking uh, an informed striker at the moment across all of my teams. Most of my strikers, like last 15s, last fives are like yellow or orange. Not, not in those like nice green scores that we like to see. So um, no. I'm struggling a bit, and and this weekend didn't have. A, I think Sesco is the only one that's got an okay matchup, but he's not in a hot streak of form at the moment. So Anthony 
you know, it may or may not come back from his knock on the weekend against Villa, which I think Villa at the moment is not even a particularly good matchup for Man United. While you know they've got new manager, they looking better. Okay, so I I'm not massively confident, and it's annoying because I've got such a big gallery that's worth quite a lot of money, and I'm like I'm not feeling like I can compete. But I don't like I don't like to trade just because I know I need to. But I think all all also like Asia and America kind of closing. It knocked a few of my like you know my Sassinias, my Eduardos, my Iwanamis, my Jesus Ferreira. Like I'm, I'm I've lost a few of my big hitters, but that's okay because when Europe winds down, I'll have them and I'll likely find myself in a much more competitive position. It's just like ebbs and flows, swings and roundabouts, however you want to put it. But I'm I'm quietly confident I should win something this week, hopefully. But um, yeah, I'm just starting to wonder if I'm a bit light on goalkeepers who start at the moment. Maybe I've sold a couple and not really replaced them. I'm kind of just sat on the ETH, but I probably do need to like dip back into that goalkeeper market at some point. Pick up another one or two because I'm putting too many good players into um, training at the moment. And, and I'm not entering forwards, but yeah, like I don't have, I, I should really have like entries in most divisions and I, I don't have an entry in Challenger Pro, uh, Challenger uh, Rare. I don't have an entry in All-Star Pro, really. I mean, I do have one, but Etienne Green's in it is not going to likely to start. So I maybe need to dip into the goalkeeper market and just pick up a few because I do have good outfield players. I just don't have enough goalkeepers to enter all the divisions at the minute. And it just means yeah. I'm putting really good cards into training, which is frustrating to see. Yeah, I definitely feel that hole as well. I've got a real lack of a rare forward when Celtic cards aren't fit and firing. Jota been back from injury is a is a massive um, a blessing, of course. But I've been uh, I've seen this actually in a stream. But whenever now that Premier League's coming out, I'm probably going to hang fire a bit and just see exactly who's. If in case anyone grabs my attention in that, but um, I've been so close to trying to action uh, Ishmael Asar, rare, you know, the forwards for Watford, and just hearing you talking about second division as well. Like I think he's a he's such an undervalued forward on the platform now because there is a lot of there, there's so many options now. You know, variety is is your best friend now on so rare. Um, but yeah, so that that just kind of popped into my head listening to yourself there talk about because I'm I'm in a similar situation. I could do it for another rare forward. I like the idea of some of the second division stuff as well, but um, I'm definitely happy to. Uh, I, I want to. I, I want to watch the developments unravel for the next coming weeks before, because I think like, I think for the Premier League, what I really want to do to maximise on the Prem is play Champion Rare, Pro Champion Super Rare again, uh, to some extent, and I've not. I've still got a contingent of cards to do that with. So I don't think I need to change too much to go and try and win some of the Premier League cards that maybe I want to try and win, not buy yeah. and win. Um, and outside of that with the World Cup and stuff, I feel like I, d- I didn't buy cards for the World Cup anyway. I'm not going to start now. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So um, I'm just kind of making, my, I'm, I'm kind of like, being like Santa. I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. You know, <laughs> some new developments happen. I check it again. I maybe need to change it a bit. Um, and it feels like that's going to be my kind of rinse and repeat pattern for the next kind of month or two. Yeah, I, I'm hoping some of my forwards just come into form. I don't really want to like, I know it's just, you know, at the minute they're out of form and then we're going to hit the World Cup and it's just going to feel like I can't compete anywhere. But I do feel like if I can hit the top rewards on maybe even the D2, if I can get near those, there are some really good forwards in those and like, U23 forwards as well. And um, I just, I think like looking at some of my cards, I just, I've got a couple of players like obviously I have Musiala and Burtz and I wish, I wish that those were both forward cards, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the midfield versions, but like I'd love, I'm almost, I'm semi tempted to swap because they're like, they're like rookie mints, if you like. They're their sure. first mint and they're really low. I think I've got Musiala's number four and I've got Verts number nice. seven. So they're That's low, low like mints. If I can find a collector who maybe will let go of a forward, I'll be I'll be quite tempted to do a swap. I don't know. High XP as well, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think Musiala might even be maxed out almost. Let's have a look. Oof, um, tasty. He's definitely close. I think Vert's 
may also be close as well. Um, let's have a look. Verts is he's at he's at nine point five percent. My Verts. Um, he's the number twenty one, not number seven. Um, but my Musiala, I think he's. Uh, let's have a look at him. He is nine percent. So he's actually a bit less than 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 Verts, but he'll get to ten soon enough. But, um, I can't wait for work to come back, man. Means there's number yeah, fifteen, like, and I'm I'm almost maxed out. I'm one level away. Nearly there. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, there's a few players in that I'm. You know, like Kiesa getting back in off the bench in the week was great to see. Hopefully, oh, was he? Uh, I, didn't, I missed that. He came in off the bench against PSG. Yeah, and you know he looked his lively usual self. And they're saying that he probably won't start the weekend against Inter, but they expect him to get maybe twenty minutes. So, I think. They may as well bide their time with him, you know. We've only got a couple of games left before the World Cup. Just give him his rest through the World Cup, so he'll be completely fresh. Um, obviously, they have some time off. Italy aren't there, are they? So, um, I mean, he wouldn't be going anyway, would he? He's not. He's not played a minute until just now. But yeah, hopefully, he'll be fit as a fiddle when things open back up after the World Cup. But it was great to see him get back on the pitch. Um, yeah, he'll be. He'll have a midfielder or a forward with Kiesa? I've got a forward of him, so he's. Oh, you've got a forward already, lovely. Yeah, I've got a forward of Kiesa, so hopefully he, uh, he, hopefully he's one of them ones that can hit the form. I need to see some form or a decent run. I think a couple of my players have come in. Uh, Tukovin came back in at Dynamo. He scored in the last two games, um, so hopefully he gets a run of games. Jorgen Larsson looks like he's cemented that place at Celta Vigo, doesn't he? So yeah. hopefully he can get among the goals. They've got a decent fixture this weekend, so fingers crossed he gets in amongst it. But um, yeah, a lot of my other forwards, Yusuf Demir, is at Galatasaray now. He's injured again, so oh, I just need yeah. Anthony backfiring for United again as well. But it's just waiting, isn't it? I just need, I need some need goals. <laughs> I need goals, yeah. I need reliable goals as well, you know, like not those players who get one every six games. I need, I need a decisive every other every game plus if I can. I need one of them. Fingers crossed that'll be our homework. Get some rare forwards in. That's it. I might do some do some digging. But yeah, other than that, so, just excited for the game week ahead and fingers crossed for a bit of end product. I'm hoping for a good bit, yeah, man. I'm feeling good. Um, Good luck to you, Stishy. I hope I hope we get up there this week. Hopefully Tony has a good week somehow without scoring a goal. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> if he could somehow manage to work that one out for me. Goal line um, Yeah, maybe. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> good luck to everyone that's listening to this as well. Don't forget to rate and review it wherever you listen to the podcast, if you've watched this on YouTube. Um, yeah, good luck everyone this game.